Kelly and Kelly. Previously on This Sounds Serious. Uh, she is 28 years old, five foot five, 140 pounds. This season, I'm unraveling the story of Melissa Turner. The thing about Melissa Turner is she went missing a lot. A 28-year-old from Twin Falls, Idaho, who is a chronic missing person and has disappeared yet again. She was last seen driving a green 2001 Subaru Outback wagon. Honestly, I wasn't that surprised. What are you going to do with a girl like Melissa? Eventually, she's going to go missing again. We had a nickname for her, Melissa. I think she just does it for the attention. Like she's happier when she's missing. Only this time, I believe it's different. I think Melissa Turner was murdered. Listen, you need to arrest the mayor, okay? She killed my girlfriend. Okay, who's your girlfriend? Melissa Turner. It's This Sounds Serious, Missing Melissa, a CastBox original. Tomday, Oregon is a city of roughly 1,600 people about a five-hour drive southeast from Portland on Highway 26. At 12.42 p.m. on June 8, 2017, 30-year-old Jimmy Klein entered the first union bank in Tomday, Oregon, brandishing a 357 Magnum. After declaring he was robbing the bank, he pulled out his cell phone and dialed emergency services. 911, what's your emergency? Hi, hi, hi. This is uh, Jimmy Klein. And I have hostages and I have demands. And I'm robbing the bank, too. Everyone be quiet. Okay. okay. I'm robbing this place. I was the only officer on duty that day. And when I got the call that the bank was being robbed, yeah, I 100% knew who was doing it. That's Reserve Officer Jacob Phillips of the Tom Day Police. He was the first to respond to the robbery. What I didn't know was that it was going to turn into the longest bank robbery in Oregon history. Like maybe even the country's history. I mean, bank robberies are supposed to be kind of a quick thing, so I guess not a lot of people are trying to break that record, but, you know, we'll take what we can get here. 36 hours, 21 minutes, and 8 seconds. That's how long the bank robbery lasted. Although there wasn't any robbery to speak of. All of it was recorded by 911 Dispatch, and I listened to every last confusing second of it. Everyone's down, okay? I'm serious. Don't think for a second that I won't think about using this thing. Do you want me to get out of my wheelchair? I guess you have to, but duck your head or something like that, okay? Ma'am? Ma'am? Okay, we lost one, and... just Okay, sir, can you go lock that door, please? And not... You're... Okay, you're leaving. Honestly, when he came in hollering that the mayor killed his girlfriend, I thought... Something is not right. Linda Siegler is a bank teller at First Union. She was working the day of the incident. Jimmy doesn't have a girlfriend. Jimmy's never had a girlfriend. We all know this. It doesn't make any sense at all, I thought. Anyways, I wasn't scared at all. Because he does this all the time. Once every six months or so, he stages some sort of hostage situation. Yes, you heard that right. Jimmy had a history of holding people hostage. Not robberies, not assaults, just holding people hostage. He's held the library hostage, post office hostage. He held the Swirly's ice cream hostage. That's Tom Day Police Chief Paul Brandt. But he never made any demands, nope. The whole point in holding people hostage is that you make demands and refuse to let people go until your demands are met. 
in the past, he would just hold out for about 10 minutes or so, and then everybody would just get to go home. But this time at the bank, <laughs> it was very different. Jimmy, let's stay with me here, okay? Look, I have demands. Okay. I have demands. Okay. Jimmy, have you heard anybody? Not yet. I haven't heard anybody yet, but I could. Oh, he seemed way out of his element. This is Christopher Gray, a musician who fatefully made a pit stop in Tom Day on his way to Las Vegas. All of his threats just seemed half-hearted, or like he was just saying something because that's what he thought he was supposed to say. Sir, please stay seated, or you will be ever so sorry. And he kept calling it a robbery. But the thing is, he didn't take anything. From the sounds of it, Jimmy is the most prolific hostage taker I've ever heard of. But he doesn't seem very good at it. So, what kind of guy is Jimmy? Jimmy's always been a bit different. Kind of weird, I guess. This is bank teller Linda Siegler. He's a nice enough guy. To be honest, he was like the guy in high school that, you know, if your friends are around, you wouldn't talk to him at all. But if you ran into him alone somewhere, you could say hi. I think he's kind of on the pendulum. You know what I mean? Well, what can I say about Jimmy Klein? He's the type of person you're glad isn't related to, you know? Outcast comes to mind when I think of him. Also, awkward, shy. Well, just like a spaz overall. Touch of creepy, too. I mean, I could go on with a few more descriptors. I think you get the picture. Did I say his hands were always clammy? More than clammy. Wet. He had wet hands. Shortly after Jimmy called 911, Reserve Officer Phillips was on the phone with him, assuming a sort of de facto hostage negotiator role. Yeah, so once I knew what was going on, I, just, I jumped in the squad car, uh, and I just drove down to the bank and jumped on the call and started talking to Jimmy. But you should know, Officer Phillips had no training as a hostage negotiator, or even any prior experience as one. Hello, Jimmy? Hello? Hello? Jimmy, hi. Hi, Jimmy. This is Reserve Officer Phillips. Um, how you doing there, pal? Uh, hi, Officer Phillips. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Well, it'd be a lot better if we were uh, talking in person, Jimmy. Um, why don't you come out? We can have a little chat, okay? How's that sound? No, okay? No. Not until you arrest the mayor for murder. Like that. Why don't I come in there? Jimmy, maybe you can let these people go and I, we, we can talk in there. You, you, can, you can hold me hostage for a little while. How does that sound? Remember, Officer Phillips is not a professional negotiator. I mean, I, one time I negotiated getting a, a lower interest rate on my mortgage. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't count. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know if it's related or not. <laughs> and he certainly was not qualified to deal with someone as erratic as Jimmy. You step one foot near this building, and you know what? I just might fill everybody. You're full of bullets. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I might just, I might just blow this whole place up, huh? Jimmy, Jimmy, listen, Uh, Jimmy. Do you have a bomb? Yeah, I have a bomb. Where did Jimmy? Where did you get a bomb? What did you make it? Yeah, I made it myself, all myself, homemade bomb. Out of what? fertilizer and get and a lighter and just uh, pennies. I know you don't have a bomb, all right? Oh, get, you get Papa Don on the phone, okay? Get Papa Don on the phone. He'll believe me. The Papa Don he's talking about is Donald Ruggiero. Uh, a lot of people call me Papa Don. Uh, I'm the city manager for Tom Day, and I own Papa Don's Pizzeria because that's my name, and I named the business after me. 
Uh, and Jimmy, you know, he used to hang around at the pizzeria quite a bit. Uh, I think I was always a, a real good friend of his. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to speak to him on that day. We're not getting Papa Don on the phone, Jimmy, all right? You're talking to me right now, okay? Do you hear me? I demand it, okay? I ha- because I have demands. We're- we do not respond to demands, Jimmy. This has already gone too far, okay? You're going to be in a bunch of trouble as it is right now. Why don't you stop right now so you're not in any more trouble than you're already in? Do you understand? You come on out. N-O spells No. And so it went for the first five or six hours. Back and forth, back and forth. No change in tactic from Phillips and no budging from Jimmy. It was a stalemate in a game that neither party knew how to play because Officer Phillips wasn't really a hostage negotiator and Jimmy wasn't really a bank robber. Jimmy? Jimmy? Jimmy, you there? Sorry, I was just swiping off the phone. It got all gunky and sweating so much, and it's hard to hear and it's hard to hold the phone. My hand hurts. Let me set the scene. It's now six o'clock at night. Inside the bank, Jimmy has 12 hostages. Officer Phillips is in the parking lot with his colleague, Officer Jones. At this point, that's it. No crowd has formed, the police chief isn't there, the mayor who's been accused of murder is nowhere to be found, and nobody is looking for her. And Officer Phillips was about to start negotiating the release of some hostages, even though he didn't realize it. Jimmy, why don't you let us send in some pizzas, okay? Everybody needs to eat, all right, bud? How does that sound? Uh, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. All right, let me get an order from everyone. I'm going to put it on speaker, okay? Is that cool? Okay. Okay, we're getting pizza. So what does everyone want? So after a lot of back and forth, uh, he got his order prepared. We're going to get one medium cheeseless, uh, two large veggie, all right, and four large half cheese, half pepperoni. Why not just get two large cheese and two large pepperoni? Like, why are you doing half and half? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so you got all that? And this is where Officer Phillips, who had no training in hostage negotiation, began to successfully negotiate the release of several hostages. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, we got that. And um, as an act of goodwill, um, Jimmy, why don't you, I'm going to need you to send out two of the hostages in exchange for the pizza. Does that sound good? you understand a little tit for tat, Jimmy? Wait, what? I was just stalling for time, you know? I was the one who suggested the pizza in the first place, so I didn't think he'd go for it. Okay, I guess. Um, let's get a script the whole pizza order, though. Don't worry about that, Jimmy. We can figure that out. Okay, well, I guess I'll send up the wheelchair guy and the, the old lady. I'm 48. Sorry. The police came up with a plan to dress up Officer Jones as a pizza delivery guy. It was a really simple plan. We put a nice little outfit on Officer Jones, gave him a little hat. He looked just like a pizza guy. And once he got close enough to Jimmy, he was going to overpower him and take his gun. Okay, Jimmy, it looks like the pizzas have arrived, okay? The delivery guy's at the door. I'm just going to need you to go ahead and open the door and let him in, okay? Okay. But the moment Jimmy saw Officer Jones, the jig was up. Hey, what the hell? That's Ken Jones. Isn't that stupid? And his outfit just says pizza place. That's that's ridiculous. You get him away from her. You go. You're going. Get him out of here. Yeah, he recognized our guy right away. We're such a small town, it's impossible to do undercover work. I mean, there's no anonymity here. So here's what went down. I was on vacation. I was fishing at the lake. That's Chief Brand again. 
I don't want to say what lake it was. It's kind of my own secret spot. But anyways, it's about 200 miles from Tom Day, and I certainly wasn't going to cut my trip short because Jimmy was pulling another stunt. Anyway, Officer Phillips apparently decided to use the bomb disposal robot we had on loan from Portland for training. The kind of robot you should be picturing is a four-wheeled unit with a small camera mounted on a long arm with a grabbing tool on the end. Officer Phillips thought it would be a good idea to use that to deliver the pizza. Now, had I been on the scene, okay, I would not have allowed for that. An awful lot of effort to exert on Jimmy. So he loaded the pizza on the robot and even gave it a little hat so he looked like a little pizza delivery bot. And out in front of the bank, there's two or three steps and then an accessibility ramp that kind of wraps around it. And Officer Jones, uh, who was the only one who had any training on the robot and very minimal at that, started to maneuver the robot up the ramp. The security cameras at the bank didn't capture what happened next. But the audio of the phone call paints a pretty complete picture. Okay, Jimmy, it's just headed up the ramp right now with the pizza. Uh. Do you see it? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, here it comes. Um, hey, it's stuck. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's caught on a branch or something. Oh, yeah, the, the tread's not getting any purchase on that. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no! It's the, oh, that didn't work. Okay, it's slid. Hey, I think it's on fire. Oh, and there's a dog attacking it. Hey, get away from the pizza. Hey, J- Jimmy, maybe you just need to, can you just send a couple of the hostages to get the pizzas? They're pretty close, and I'm, I'm sure they're fine. All right. After some discussion, they finally agreed on a solution. Yeah, I guess, but hey, I don't know why you couldn't just get Papa Don to come down here and deliver them himself. We're not getting Papa Don to deliver them, okay? Just just send some people out to get them. Oh, my God. This entire pizza incident took two hours. In a lot of ways, this exemplifies what we'll see time and time again in this story. The system failed. How does our emergency response system break down so badly that a troubled young man with some simple demands can hold a bank hostage for 36 hours, endangering lives of innocent people, and causing the destruction of a million-dollar robot? Why wasn't a real hostage negotiator called? Why was an inexperienced reserve officer placed in charge of the situation? The reason... We don't have a full-time hostage negotiator because Jimmy is the only person who ever takes hostages. We also don't have a symphony orchestra. You see what I'm getting at here, right? We're a town of 1,600 people. We don't have a lot of things. We didn't bring a negotiator down from Portland because we just thought it would be over soon. Like, it, it's Jimmy. Like, if you, if you know Jimmy, like, this, we just thought it would end, but it, pretty soon it was, like, eight hours into it, and then it was, like, 10 hours, and then 14 hours, and... And then getting a negotiator would just eat up so much more time. So I don't know. It, hindsight's twenty twenty, I guess. At around the 10-hour mark, Jimmy began making requests for certain comforts, both for him and the hostages. Jimmy asked for magazines for everybody inside. And then I thought about how easily he gave up two hostages for the pizza. So this like little plan started kind of forming in my head. Ah, magazines, magazines. Yeah, uh, okay, Jimmy, yeah, we can do that. Um, It'll cost you another hostage, though, okay? So um, you send somebody out, and we'll send you in some great magazines. How does that sound? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, Let's see, I want uh, Thrasher, Harper's, and an Us Weekly. You know, something with uh, perfume samples. At hour 14, that's 2 a.m., Jimmy said that he and the hostages would like to watch a movie. We're going to send in a couple laptops with movies on them if you give us three more hostages, Jimmy, okay? That seems fair. It was like he's using us as currency. 
That's hostage Christopher Gray. He was spending us, and we were all just looking at each other thinking he'd release all of us eventually and the thing would be over. At the 20-hour mark, Jimmy asked Officer Phillips to send in some breakfast. Um, hey, uh, how many hostages will it cost me to get uh, some donuts? Oh, I don't know, Jimmy, at least two. Okay, that's fair. As the 24-hour mark approached, Jimmy was left with just two hostages, musician Christopher Gray and bank teller Linda Siegler. We were pretty sure we'd be leaving soon. But that's when Officer Phillips made a small mistake. He wanted some pillows for everybody, and I accidentally tipped my hand a bit. Jimmy, if you want pillows, you're going to have to send us your last two hostages, okay? Last? What? Oh, wait. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. Okay, nobody else is leaving. Yeah, I still kick myself about that. And now, about 24 hours into the ordeal, with Jimmy down to his last two hostages, news outlets began to show up on the scene. Oh, turned into a real circus after that. There was helicopters and everything. It has turned into a very long day here in Tom Day as the hostage situation at the first union... TV stations from Portland, Eugene, and even Boise began broadcasting from a small camp set up in the parking lot. It's just past 5 p.m. here in Tom Day, and this ordeal has lasted almost 29 hours. As the evening stretched on past 8 p.m., Jimmy would not back down from any of his demands. He was still asking to speak to Papa Don. But Reserve Officer Phillips, who was still the lead negotiator, would not allow it. I'm just tired, and I want this to be over, so just let me talk to Papa Don, okay? He'll believe me. He'll believe that the mayor killed my girlfriend. Jimmy, why do you keep calling her the mayor? We all know she's your mother. You heard right. The mayor of Tom Day, the woman Jimmy is accusing of murder is his own mother, Rhoda Day. And 32 hours into the hostage situation, she is nowhere to be found. Once I was reached out at the lake, I, of course, tried to get the mirror on the horn, but you know my phone, well, it fell in the lake. And you want to talk about a fiasco. Like, how come these phones aren't waterproof? So then, you know, I had to go to the general store, buy a bag of rice, bury my phone in it. My wife said, why don't you just use my phone? But just the principle of it. It's an expensive phone. It should be waterproof. It should float. Oh, we, we did try to call the mayor, but she was out of the office on some official business. When we come back, the conclusion of the longest hostage situation in Oregon history. It's now been a full 32 hours since Jimmy Klein walked into the First Union Bank in Tom Day, Oregon, and began taking hostages and making demands to police. At this point, around 8.30 p.m. on Friday, June 9th, 2017, Jimmy seems to have reached a breaking point. You know what? I, just, I can't talk to this guy anymore, okay? Hey, you? Yes, you. You talk to him. Right now, Jimmy is refusing to speak to police negotiator Phillips and has handed the phone over to one of his two remaining hostages, bank teller Linda Siegler. He looked really freaky. Honestly, his eyes were all crazy. He shrugged his shoulders and then he just gave me the phone. Uh, He says he doesn't want to talk until you let him speak to Papa Don. 
Okay, hi, who's this? Oh, hi, um, it's Linda Siegler. Hi, Linda. Um, this is Reserve Officer Phillips talking to you. Um, just do me, you tell him that we will not give in to his demands. Um, he says uh, that he will not give in to your demands. Okay, what's he saying? Um, well, he's kind of putting his hands up in a, well, what do you want me to do about it? Kind of, kind of gesture. It was so weird. I thought he didn't want to talk to the police, but I guess he just didn't want to talk to anyone. So he ended up just doing charades. Okay, tell him that we can talk when he lets the hostages go. Uh, he says we can talk, like the, the two of you can talk when you let the hostages go, when you when you let us go. Okay, um, no, he's, he's closed his eyes and is shaking his head. It's so hard to relay information between two different people who are both using you as like a bargaining chip. Well, okay, well, you tell him to stop being such a goddamn baby, okay? I will say no such thing. Linda, I need you to say that, all right? I'm the negotiator, you're the conduit. Please just cooperate. Say that. Oh, my God. Um, he says, stop being such a baby. That is not what I said. Say what I said. He says, stop being such a GD baby. Linda, this isn't going to work if you don't cooperate, all right? I need you to do exactly what I say. Say what I said. Goddamn baby! Goddamn baby! Okay? Are you happy? Also... How do you negotiate with someone through their hostages? That wasn't in my training. That's not in anybody's training. I didn't even have any training. I shouldn't have been doing that. Now say this. Jimmy, let just one go. Jimmy, let just one go. How does that sound, pal? How does that sound, pal? Let just one of the hostages go. Let just one of the hostages go. And maybe we can get Papa Don on the phone. And we can get Papa Don on the phone. Maybe, maybe we can get Papa Don on the phone, for Christ's sake! Maybe, maybe we can get uh, Papa Don on the phone, for Christ's sake! <sighs> okay. He's waving a finger, like, no, 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 not gonna happen. <sighs> Do you think you and Christopher can run to the side door from where you are? Do you think you and Christopher can run No, 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 no don't, don't say that, stop it! Remember, it has been over 32 hours at this point, and nobody has slept. That may explain the level of frustration from all sides during this game of broken telephone. All right, Linda, okay. I'm sorry, I know this is, this is stressful, but um, what I need you to do is to answer in just yes or no answers from now on, okay? Do you understand? Yes. Okay. How close are you standing to Jimmy right now? No... Finally, after 35 hours of this, Officer Phillips agreed to allow Jimmy to speak to Papa Don. Officer Phillips didn't know that by meeting one of Jimmy's demands, letting him speak to Papa Don, he was setting in motion the end of the standoff. And Jimmy didn't know it either. So Jimmy had taken the phone back from me in order to talk to Officer Phillips. And then Papa Don called from a totally different phone, and without thinking about it, Jimmy put his gun down to grab that call. You can see it on the bank's security footage. Jimmy has a phone receiver in his left hand and the gun in his right. And when the other phone rings, he takes a moment to figure out what to do. Hold on, the phone's ringing. Ah! My gun down. Hey, hello? Jimmy. Papa Don? Yeah, it's Don, Jimmy. Oh, Don, how are you? So when he put down the gun to answer the phone, I didn't believe it. That's hostage Christopher Gray. I'm looking at the gun, then I look over at Linda, and she's already one step ahead of me. 
as Jimmy is talking, Linda is tiptoeing toward the gun behind Jimmy. Christopher then stands up and walks toward Jimmy to draw his attention. Jimmy watches Christopher get closer and closer, and then Jimmy drops one of the phones and moves for the gun, just as Linda snatches it from behind him. What are you doing? Why are you coming at me? What? Stop, stop, stop. Jimmy, what are you doing? Jimmy. Jimmy, what's happening? Jimmy. Jimmy? Jimmy, what's going on? Jimmy, I need you to talk to me. Hello? Jimmy? Jimmy? Jimmy, what's going on? Jimmy? Jimmy, On the security footage, you can see Jimmy drops the other phone as he grabs Christopher's arm. They wrestle for a few seconds. Even in the silent black and white security video, you can tell that Jimmy is screaming very loudly. Eventually, Linda and Christopher are able to fight off Jimmy and run out of the bank. Oh, they're out. They're out. They're out. We did. Hot damn. And then it was over. Officer Phillips entered the building and arrested Jimmy, who surrendered peacefully. That's right, Nancy. At about 1 a.m. this morning, the two remaining hostages here at the First Union Bank were seen running free from the building toward police. We're told that the suspect is in custody and this frightening situation has finally come to an end. Now, being the mayor's son, I don't want to say Jimmy's about the law, but we do sometimes take it easy on him. That's Chief Brand of the Tom Day Police Department. You know, he's done this kind of thing before and We'll never spend a minute in jail, but this time it was different. But he got out of hand and he did some naughty stuff and he had to be put in a big boy timeout. Jimmy later pled guilty to multiple counts of unlawful confinement and kidnapping, as well as weapons charges. He was sentenced to five years in prison, but is eligible for parole after two. And that means Jimmy is getting out of prison right now. You have reached the Grant County Department of Corrections. As a reminder, all conversations are recorded. So I'm calling him because I want to know what led him to hold the bank hostage. And I want to know what Melissa Turner had to do with it. Hello? Uh, Hi. Hi, Jimmy. This is Gwen Radford. I was told that you heard I was calling. Yeah, yeah. But when we talk, Um, his story has completely changed. Now he says he didn't know Melissa after all. He says he made the whole thing up. It's funny. I I guess I heard her name on TV, you know, that she had gone missing recently. Uh, I do that sometimes. You know, I hear about somebody in the news or or something, and then I I pretend that I know them. I I don't know. My my mind goes into these weird fantasies. I don't know you do that too because but yeah I mean all in all I just I kind of made the whole thing up you know about my mom killing her and uh, you know she's not really dead (laughs) or maybe she is I don't know it's none of my business at this point at his hearing the police corroborated Jimmy's complete reversal this Melissa Turner story was just a ploy for attention you don't know Jimmy but this is just Jimmy being Jimmy I don't know must have just heard her name on the news. But there's one glaring problem with that conclusion. Melissa Turner's name wasn't on the news. 
she wasn't even reported missing until four days after the robbery. Over, why did you wait nine days to report her missing? I think there's much more to Jimmy's story than we've been led to believe. No one's believing me that she killed her. And I've been saying it all along, but no one has believed that. I think he does know what happened to Melissa Turner. So I'm heading to Oregon to talk to him myself. That's next time on This Sounds Serious. Ma'am, I worked in corrections. People in here change their stories all the time. Why was Jimmy bullied? Why? I mean, Jimmy was a weirdo. Are you going to stay and join us for the interview? I think it would be best, don't you? 